All right. So let's talk about um, Pearson rabbits mm-hmm. and how, I mean, you're still helping physicians. Now you might not be helping patients hands-on, but you're still helping physicians be whole um, by the work that you're doing now. Welcome back to Time Out with the Sports Doctor podcast, where life, sports, and medicine intersect. We're very glad that you continue to support this podcast. You can get the information on any platform uh, where podcasts are played, as well as getting the video content on YouTube. But if you want to just get one place to find all the content, go to my website at drgarrettbsportsdoctor.com and you will find everything on that website. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. All right, so let's talk about um, Pearson rabbits mm-hmm. and how, I mean, you're still helping physicians. Now you might not be helping patients hands-on, but you're still helping physicians be whole. Um, by the work that you're doing now? This allows me to fulfill my educator hat, right? Mm -hmm. I loved teaching residents. I loved teaching med students who rotated, right? The more interested you were, I think the better teacher I was. Um, And to your point, I might not be taking care of patients, but I feel like I'm making a big difference for the physicians, my colleagues, you know, my friends, one, to be better educated than I was 25 years ago, to have somebody who's really advocating for them and in their corner. And the fact that I bring some medical knowledge and expertise puts me in a position to really affect some change in the underwriting space. And there are a few feathers in my cap that I'm super proud of. There are a few things that just haven't gone my way, but I love teaching. And so, you know, getting in front of residency class, you know, giving a conference to hundreds of people or my day, you know, one-on-ones, it makes me feel fulfilled, I guess, is, is the first word that came to my mind, that I'm still affecting change for people. And I'm really proud of the work that we're doing. I'm really proud of our team. You know, what started as my husband and me at our kitchen table, we now have 25 full-time employees. We have four other producers who Scott Ravitz, the other half, and I have trained in our way. And we have a team of ancillary help, like in the hospital, right? Docs can't do what they do without nurses, without respiratory therapy, without the secretary, right? And really kind of modeled our company on what I thought best practice should look like. And I'm really trying to change the face of insurance. I think that historically, physicians were just easy prey, uh, for lack of better words. You know, we want our patients to trust us. I think we're inherently an over-trusting group of people. You know, I had two private disability policies, but neither of them were actually what I thought I had, nor what I should have had. They were good enough that we didn't have to lose our house, right? But being able to like 
go into a group of people who don't have a ton of knowledge about this and walk away having people say to me, you know, oh my God, this is the most I've learned in 45 minutes or, you know, thank you so much. I have to be honest with you, Dr. Burgess, I get thanked more now (laughs) doing what I'm doing than I did as a clinician, you know. Definitely from other physicians, I'm sure. (laughs) You know, people that have had to go out on claim so they've been sick or injured and now they need the insurance that they've been paying into. When I needed my broker, he was golfing in Florida and really couldn't be bothered. I feel just as passionate about the back end as I do the front end, right? So any of our clients that have had to go out on claim become kind of my personal kids, for lack of better phrasing. You know, I reach out. I help them get the paperwork that they need. I give them advice, you know, start getting all your medical records in one place because the insurance company is going to want it, right? Be careful about what you're posting on social media. Think about, you know, X, Y, Z and start getting, you know, your W-2s, your 1099s, all the things, right? And I check up on people, you know, they laugh at me that like, I get very maternal, but I do. It's what I wished happened for me, right? I've been able to start a secret Facebook group. Again, I'm aging myself, kind of the older (laughs) crowd, but I started a group called Physicians for Physicians, which is just for physicians who, because of injury or illness, have had to change or leave practice more as a support group, community, networking you know, what are people doing? How can we support each other? Again, going back to the fact that I didn't feel supported. And so, you know, I would be lying if I said that my life was bad. You know, my life is pretty good now. It took a pandemic for me to be kind of okay that I wasn't practicing. And I sleep in my own bed every night. And I don't have a pager going off at four in the morning, you know, and for me, the biggest silver lining is I've had dinner with my children almost every day of their lives since I got hurt. And my oldest remembers what it was like when mommy was never home. Wow. And anytime I get down, which is getting more infrequent, but I still have bad days, right? They look at me and they're like, mom, but think about us. Would you rather it be the other way? And I was like, the other way, you guys still would have been fine because we only know what we know. But yes, that is a huge silver lining for me. And, you know, chronic pain, it is what it is. Uh, You know, I know that I'm going to be in physical therapy probably for the rest of my life. And I've definitely come to peace with that part of it. I would probably kill a puppy to be back in the OR, but I don't miss the politics of hospitals. I don't miss the day-to-day slogging, you know, that I know most of my friends are still dealing with, you know, who the hell knew my contract said I needed to be able to do hundred percent of my duties. I got unceremoniously terminated the day that my FMLA was up. 
Right. And who um, would ever think that you get injured helping a patient at work and you're escorted basically off the premises? Yeah. Because you're injured. I had been asked to be the chairperson of our department before I left to get my surgery. Like, how does that happen? Right. Like, I still, even to this day, I still feel like I have a lot to offer OB residents. Like, I'm convinced I could still walk in and teach. Right. Had I not been terminated, I have no idea what my life would look like. I probably would have tried to do GYN as tolerated. I would have gone into more of an admin role. I like to think that I'd be, you know, teaching residents and and fellows, but because my doc put in black and white that I'm a liability, once I got terminated, I had three different malpractice attorneys say, you're not insurable and God forbid something happens and you miss something, you're not defensible. And I was like, okay, so there you go, you know, and I don't know where I was going with that. No, but I think that they put a period at the end of that statement where you might've put a comma and injured yourself for years and years and years trying to do what is right for the patient. Yeah. Right. So now I try Um, to do what's right by my colleagues. (laughs) Absolutely. And as you were saying that I was, uh, you're a physician for your physician colleagues right now. And that's so special because you're not just calling being placed on hold to speak to someone who has no clue about what you're going through. You're talking to another physician and that makes it really special. So for the next five minutes or so, let's talk about what disability insurance is, why we need it. <laughs> I think people are very convinced at this point. Okay. Five minutes. Uh, okay. I mean, let's, so, let's, let's talk X's and O's now. Uh, all right. I'm going to do super high level. Okay. All so right. if you're enjoying this episode, don't wait to the end to share it, share it now, share this with a friend or a colleague that you think might find value in this information. And then also Make sure that you click and leave us a five-star review and give us feedback because we really value your feedback and your input. Now back to the episode. Disability insurance. Insurance for your ability to make money, right? That's at its like most basic term. There are two major types of disability insurance, and there's always exceptions to rules. I'm being very, very general, but you have group and you have private. Group is your employer benefits. It's association benefits, right? The American Academy of fill in the blank. In my opinion, those policies are trash. Again, there are exceptions to the rule. Employer benefits for the most part are one line on your open enrollment packet. You check a box. It is what it is. The overwhelming majority of them are paid for your by your employer. It's part of your benefits package. It is what it is. You have no control in the creation, the completion, the maintenance, the fine print. Typically, it is literally one line. And then you ask HR for the actual policy. And that's when you start finding the holes 
they're very creative. There's no standardization of language and in insurance. So they may say that they're own occupation, but when you read the document, it may be ONOC for two years and then it becomes any occupation, or it may be that the way that they define own occupation is what's called held to the national economy or the local labor market. It is not specific to what one employee does at one employer site. Well, that kind of sucks for most of us, right? And most of them will define total disability as the inability to do your job and not be gainfully employed. Most disabled physicians that I have met have tried to figure out ways to be productive members of society. You don't want to have to worry about losing any or all of your benefit. They tend to only cover a small percentage of what you're really making. Most of them will only cover a percentage of your base. And a lot of big hospital entities have gotten creative and the way that you get compensated is in multiple buckets, right? base, overtime, teaching, RVU bonus, whatever. It's actually only the base. And because your employer is paying for it, any money you would get is going to be taxable. So a lot of people, myself included, when they learn about their group benefit, what they think they have and what they really have are not the same thing, which is why this company exists, right? So the goal of having a private policy is several fold. One, it's that you can help create it, right? What goes in, what doesn't go in, make it as strong linguistically or by language that you want it to be, that it's truly specialty specific, that the definition of total disability says, You're considered disabled if you can't do your job, regardless if you're gainfully employed in another occupation. Because that is huge. Huge. Because when you say gainfully employed, you mean if you go work at Target or work- For some of them, yeah. Now, again, different contracts have different contract language. So some of them will put like weird, if you can find a job making X percent, but some of them truly are any occupation based on your training, education, and skill set. So with a private policy, we get to make sure that the language is the way we want it. Because you're paying with post-tax dollars, any benefit is going to be tax-free, and it's not employment-dependent. So you switch jobs, typically your employer of job one isn't giving you those benefits to go take to job two. You're done your private policy, it's yours. It's staying with you for as long as you need it, right? And the biggest issue is the language. You know, we want to make sure that people are actually getting what they're paying for, that there's not going to be weird, you know, holes, right? And that we can get people closer to being whole, I think there's still a wide misconception that when you take all insurances in, that you're going to make what you made. Right. No one is going to make you financially whole. There has to be a financial or there has to be a theoretical incentive for people to get back to work. The, the exception there is interestingly in training, we're allowed to be overinsured. 
they're hedging their bets that that's not when somebody's going to go out. I have unfortunate stories of residents that have gone out, but it's the one time we're allowed to be overinsured. And I think it's really important that you're being educated on apples to apples, apples to oranges, because again, going back to the, there's no standardization of language is that different phrases are used. They can be defined the same way. They can be defined differently. It's confusing. And I think it's confusing on purpose. I I think Mm -hmm. as an industry, they want lay people to be confused. And insurance can be right. And it takes car insurance, homeowners or what, you know, and, and it takes time. And some of the pushback that I've gotten is, you know, why is the first phone call so long? Well, it's because I really want to do right by you, right? I want our producers to do right by you. And anybody can show you anything. It's software, right? Right. It's about managing realistic expectations. It's about setting the stage of, okay, so here's the kind of the DI 101 talk. Okay, now let's look at your history, right? Do you have things already where I know the company is going to say, Derek, we're going to cover you, but you know what? We're not covering that shoulder that you hurt playing football. And then I get to go back and say, okay, he heard it playing football 20 years ago. This is ridiculous. And then sometimes I win. Sometimes they'll say, we'll come back to us in two years, right? But then we set up the right tasks, right, for follow-up. And so my feeling is, look, it may take a little bit longer in the beginning, but it's to make sure that we're saving time on the back end. I don't want to ever blow smoke up someone's, you know what, you know, I don't like surprises. I don't want our clients to have surprises. And I think that it is worth putting in a little bit of extra time in the beginning so that everything else is easier, Sure. you know, and, you know, we're never going to be a quote monkey machine, right? There are other folks out there who it's, you know, get your quote now. Yeah. But then they don't ask you the right questions. And then all of a sudden you don't get what you think you're going to get. And now you're pissed, right? And so I'm very, very passionate about doing things thoroughly, doing things the right way, setting realistic expectations. And oh, by the way, all of our producers are salaried. Like we've done away with the whole commission idea. The company gets commissioned. I don't even know what our commission rates are. I let our CFO, by the way, that's my husband, deal with that because I know he's not going to let me get screwed. I don't ever want any of our clients saying that the advice that they were given was based on commissions, right? I took it out of the equation. I said, look, come work for us. We will treat you right. We have great benefits. I like to think we're easy to work with, right? But we're not commissioning anybody. I am taking that off the table. And I think it resonates when people speak to our producers like, huh, 
you weren't trying to sell me something. And I get it. At the end of the day, yes, I am talking to you about a product that you should purchase. Right? And end of story. Right. End of story. There's only a handful of companies that provide what physicians really need. I don't care which one of those you decide to go with. I'm not in bed with any of them. I could care less. And what's good for you may not be good for your partner, may not be good for your buddy who's practicing a state over, right? You want individualized treatment. And I think that that's one of our big differentiators. No, I like that 100%. So on Time Out with the Sports Doctor, this is your final time out. So we'll make this easy since this has been such a you know stressful and complicated talk. So talk to the physician or the healthcare provider who is completely clueless about disability insurance and tell them kind of where they start and how do they approach getting disability insurance to cover their ability yep. to provide for their family and themselves. First is contact HR and ask for a master copy of their group's long-term disability insurance policy. You want the actual PDF of the policy, not a summary. And then you want somebody who really knows what they're doing to look at it. There are good folks out there. Yes, obviously I want them coming to us, but- Pearson Rabbits. <laughs> Pearson Rabbits. But let's be honest, we don't have the infrastructure to take care of a million physicians yet. You know, so next is reaching out to a vetted insurance broker agent. You know, there are plenty of places now, White Coat Investor, Passive MD, Passive Income, sorry, Peter, um, passer, <laughs> Passive Income MD, right? They're, they're physician on fire. They're, they're, there are a lot of places where insurance companies have been vetted and you wanna make a phone call you or an email but you want to make sure that whomever you're dealing with is really taking the time to go through what you're potentially getting, what you're potentially not getting, and making sure that it's hard for me to say that you're getting asked the right questions, right? Because if you don't know what you don't know, but if an agent or broker does not ask you anything about your medical history, go somewhere else. because medical history, surgical history, medications, all factor in to what you're going to be able to get. And if they're not asking, right? right? If they're not asking any of those questions, they're setting you up for failure. So with that being said, (laughs) pearsonrabbits.com, Stephanie at pearsonrabbits.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I was not smart enough 20 something years ago to come up with an alias. I really am Stephanie Pearson, you know, call the office, send a carrier pigeon, whatever. (laughs) Hey, well, thank you for coming on. This has been great. Number one, talking to you and hearing your story, but also getting this very valuable information out to other providers, other physicians, other healthcare workers is our job. And thank you for carrying that flag for us. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Burgess. And am I allowed to say good luck on your next move? Is it 
<laughs> yes, 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 yes. You can edit it out if it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate it. Actually, I'm starting to talk about my transition more on this podcast because I know all the thoughts and things that are going through my head and how I'm torn, you know, right now. So I know other people are going through that. So I really want to share kind of what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking in real time, because I know it'll help somebody else. So. And by the way, I'm happy to review your group benefits when you transition. I appreciate that. I really so. do appreciate that. All right. Well, thank you. I'm going to get back upstairs to these kids. and <laughs> I'm sure you have a 14, 16 year old. They know how to fend for themselves a little bit. I'm eight, nine and 12 right now. So oh, you got your hands full. Yeah. Yeah, well, well very nice on. meeting you, and we'll be in touch, okay? Please do. All right, thank you. Bye. Thank you for continuing to support this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a five-star review. And if you haven't done so, subscribe so you continue to get the updated episode. Until later, peace. Life, sports, and medicine.